A woman who loves horror movies so much, she decided to star in one. Are you smart enough to avoid stranger danger? And then we meet a man who claims if you can find an episode of Good Morning America that aired in the year 2017, you could overthrow the reptilians who currently rule the world. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I, I hope you guys are having lots of fun, and I mean that all the time. I really do hope you guys are doing awesome. First off, coming into Dead Rabbit Command is someone that I know is awesome. Walking in, one of our newest Patreon supporters. Give it up for Chris Padmos. Everyone give a round of applause. Chris Padmos, a little bow, a little curtsy if you have a skirt on. Chris, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Chris, are you ready to do this? Chris, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed all the way out to Sydney, Australia. The reason why we're in Australia, we're specifically going to St. Clair. That's in Sydney, Australia. It's 2019. And then we're going to meet a woman. Her name's Rita Calamari. She's 57 years old and life is going okay, but she has a bit of a problem with her adult daughter, Jessica. Jessica's 25 years old, and she is obsessed with horror movies. Man, I do love myself a good horror movie. Love horror movies. But there's a difference between, like, I will go out of my way to watch a horror movie. I will. But I've never done I've never done this. I've never done this, and this is what I find so interesting, because I'm obsessed with horror movies, so there is a bit of a bond between me and Jessica, but she takes it a little too far. One... She's obsessed with horror movies. Specifically, she watches the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies over and over again. And that's a mixed bag. There's some really good ones. A New Beginning is fantastic. Now, what she, And she watches the Jeepers Creepers movies over and over again. And those were less good. And they were, they were made by a known pedophile, which makes them unwatchable in my book. And so, Jessica is watching these horror movies. I love horror movies. She loves horror movies. But... She is threatening to murder her family. <laughs> I did that once on that one Thanksgiving. She's constantly threatening to kill her family members. And that was alarming. But then, they, see, they weren't reporting her to the cops. Because she's just like, why I ought to? <laughs> she's like holding a butcher knife and dripping with chicken blood. They're like, ah. She was threatening to kill the family, but the family wasn't calling the cops. She then started calling random people. She would just pick up the phone, dial a random number, and when someone picked up, she would threaten to cut their heads off. <laughs> That's alarming. That's the last thing you expect when your phone rings are like, oh, I hope this isn't some salesman. I hope this isn't someone who's going to like take up a bunch of my time trying to get me to change my cable provider. And it's some woman saying, I know where you live. I'm going to chop your head off. You're like, ah. She did that a hundred times a day. Constantly. So <laughs> Those people are calling the cops. I don't think it was the same person over and over again because she was dialing the number randomly, but I'm sure she got... She's doing this hundred times a day. I'm sure she at least a couple times got the same person. They're like, oh, not this nut job again. I'm trying to watch Jeopardy. So the cops are now like, you can't do this, right? You can't do this, but they're aware that she has some mental issues. I don't really think you can lock people up for that. Well, I guess it is threatening people, but they knew that she had some issues. You know, what are you going to do? 
the police are a little worried about it. The family is worried about it. But the mom, Rita, is like, I can take care of this. I can take care of this. So she goes to where you would go, right? When you need professional help, your child has some mental issues. <laughs> They're watching Jeepers Creepers over and over again. She contacts a medium. She contacts a she-wolf medium. A she-wolf halfling spirit who can communicate with the dead. She says, your daughter is possessed by a demon. And for $3,600, I can exercise the demon out of your daughter. And Rita goes, well, you know, that's a lot of money. But why <laughs> make it stabbed in the back anytime, anywhere? So she pays like half up front. Half up front, the other, the other half when I see a demon leave my daughter's body. And the she-wolf medium gets the money... And then, shocker, right? The most unbelievable part of the story, it was a fraud. She didn't do any... Can you believe that? I know, I'm shocked. The paranormal community, we're all aghast that there's one person who's a fraud in this entire community. Ripped her off $1,800. Did nothing. July 20th, 2019 is when this all comes to a head. The police are called to this house. They've been to this residence before. They know it's going to have something to do with Jessica. And as their police cruisers are driving down the road, doo, 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 they see the red and blue lights illuminating the front yard of Jessica's house. And they see her running around the yard. And they're like, great. It's a 101. Jessica, Jessica is running counterclockwise in the yard over. And they get out of their patrol cars and they're walking up and they see Jessica running around and then they see her. She's holding Rita's decapitated head. When the police are walking up to her, she then shot puts her mom's head through the air and it lands in her neighbor's yard and kind of rolls for a bit. And then she just sits there and points to the head, standing there silently pointing at the head. When the police went into the house, they found the rest of Rita. She had been stabbed 85 times. And at one point, the knife broke. And Jessica got up and got another knife and continued to stab her mom again. They found that happened a couple times. There were a few broken knife blades in Rita's body. And she kept getting new knives so she could continue stabbing her mom. What finally prompted her to go insane and kill her mom? Well, she was insane before that. But what promptly, what prompted her to just completely lose it at that time? Everything else that had gone on. Why did she finally snap and kill her mother? Because her mother realized something that day. Jessica is dangerous. I have to take her to a mental hospital. And when she told her daughter that they should go to the hospital to take care of her, her daughter murdered her. When she finally realized how dangerous Jessica was, it literally was too late. Terrifying story coming out of Australia. And again, it's one of those stories that's it could, it's one of the easiest stories to happen, right? Somebody loses track of reality and snaps. And she obviously had this long descent. Sometimes it can be someone doing too many drugs. 
Sometimes it can be someone who has a history of mental illness or someone. The scariest ones are the people who have no struggles at all and just snap. Because if it can happen to them, it can happen to the rest of us, right? So just a terrifying story about a mother and a daughter. The mother hoping till the end that she could save her daughter. But the daughter had other plans. Creepy, creepy story. She actually was found guilty of manslaughter, and she'll be sentenced. I wonder if she's been sentenced yet. I had this story ready to go for a while. Let's take a look. Yeah, I typed this story up a while ago, and I'd been waiting. Kind of putting it off, but I liked it. Twenty-one years. She got a twenty-one year sentence. It's interesting when you look. I forgot about her her horribly uh, distended face. I'll have to put I'll have to put a picture her she looks like a muppet from the dark crystal. And um it's not her fault, right? But she looks like HR Puffin Stuff's niece. And I I find that odd because it, uh, her face almost looks inhuman. <laughs> right now, there's someone listening to this podcast, and they're like, Jason, that clearly looks like me. No, there's some... You can even have someone who looks similar to her. I'm putting the picture up. I'm going to put the picture up. Um, you can obviously have someone... <laughs> that just popped up out of nowhere if you're watching the YouTube channel. People... I mean, she that looks photoshopped. That looks photoshopped. It looks doesn't look human. And the reason why I'm bringing that up isn't because I'm like, ew, gross, she's ugly. Because I'm not necessarily saying she's ugly. She just doesn't look like a person who belongs to the human race. But I'm wondering, like, if this is like demonic possession. You see what I mean? Like, is there a demon captured in this photo? Because there's other photos she doesn't look that terrible. But, um... Yeah, creepy. Is that another picture of her? Yeah, she's she's just kind of weird looking. Again, sorry if you're <laughs> sorry if you've already written your Jessica Calamari slash fiction with you and her, but yeah, she looks weird. Anyways, Chris, I'm gonna go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit Robo. We're leaving behind St. Clair, Sydney, Australia. We're gonna row all the way out to Roseville, California. Splash! Splash! Rowing our way over there, Chris, the courageous captain, making sure we safely get across the high seas. This story takes place around 2001 in the affluent suburb Roseville, California. It's up in Northern California. I used to live in around that area. I never live in Roseville. It's a bunch of preppies, but I lived in Citrus Heights and North Highlands and Orangeville and all that stuff. But anyways. I've done a ton of episodes on that. The entire town is cursed and haunted. This story, Roseville, California, around the year 2001, there's a five-year-old kid walking down the street, and then all of a sudden, a van pulls up next to the child. The window rolls down. And a young man sticks his head out the window and goes, Hey, would you like some candy? I got candy in my van. Would you like to get in the van? And the kid goes, candy? Sure, that sounds fantastic. And then their memory goes blank. This was posted online by someone known as Specific Purpose 7419. And they were saying, I have this clear memory of a van pulling up when I was about five years old, 
Candy in the van. Typical stranger danger thing. And I got in the van. And I don't remember anything that happened after that. But my family does. So what happened was at some point I brought up this memory. Hey, guys, I remember a stranger pulling over and getting me in the van. And my dad goes, oh, dude, you remember that? Oh, that was so long ago. And, well, this guy, we'll call him Steven. If that's his real name, it's just a guy. Steven goes, well, what do you mean? You re- you remember me getting kidnapped? And then I forgot. Dad goes, no, 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 that's not what happened. You weren't kidnapped. See, what happened was you and your siblings were a bunch of dumb, bunch of dummies. And you were the most gullible of all. Me and your mom were afraid that you were going to get kidnapped. So we wanted to scare you straight. So we got a friend, a family friend that you didn't know. And we had him pull up in the van and say... Would you like some candy? And you got in the van. And then it was all just a stage thing. It never happened. It, it wasn't a real kidnapping. It was a fake kidnapping. And Stevens thought about this answer for years. And it doesn't make sense to him. He explains, if my dad is telling the truth, why, why do I only remember the beginning? I'm sure I'm five, I'm a little kid, but why wouldn't I... Like, at that point, I don't feel like I'm in trouble. I'm getting candy. You figure the most traumatizing part would be the back of the van opening up and my dad and my mom standing there yelling at me because I was dumb enough to get in a car of someone I didn't know. Why do I only remember the first part and not the second part? It's written in a way that I think Stephen is... Intimating that they don't really believe the father's version of events. And I... At least that's the read I get from it. Because the you're thinking... I really got kidnapped. And I completely blinked it out of my mind because I was a kid. And my parents, when they got me back, they just said, we're never going to talk about this. Law enforcement could have even said, listen, the kid's young enough. They may not remember this. Let's not talk about it. But I guess, I guess the police, they're like, what about a trial? And the cop's like, shh, no. No, we don't, we don't want a trial. We don't want a trial. Yeah, I guess that doesn't wash. But the parents could have said, you know what? We're just not going to talk about it. It really happened, but we're not going to talk about it. And if he ever asked, just pretend it didn't happen. Because people do go through traumatic stuff as kids and don't remember it. Or they blanked it out in some way. I mean, on the one hand, if your kid gets kidnapped, you don't want them to forget the experience so they don't get kidnapped again. But on the other hand, you don't want to put like a giant poster of the kidnapper on the kid's bedroom ceiling. And <laughs> I'm still out there as voice boxes. You get him to record all of his best kidnapping sayings. Boo! I'm right behind you. They put all these voice boxes all over the house. Kids like, oh, like there's there's a there's a gray area between those two. Never acknowledging that it happened and then continuing the kidnappers' work while he's in prison. There's a there's a huge gray area there. But I find it, and so a bunch of people respond to this and they said, actually, there was a big wave of fake Stranger Danger stuff. Um, uh, Dateline NBC's done things like that. Oprah did things like that. Other people said that happened to me. It's not unusual. I could see parents doing that. I, th- I think it would be a funny practical joke. You're like, take them outside city limits. Let's see how long we can get this. They're on radio. You're like, just keep on driving. I want to see how long I can terrify my child. 
there's two ways to read this. One, this kid's dad was hilarious, right? This kid's dad not only was hilarious enough to to get to start it in the first place, but then laugh about it years later when the kid's all traumatized, being like, uh, I have this weird memory I can't make out. I think it was kidnapped, and then the dad laughing at him. Or something super traumatizing happened to him and the entire families decide to cover it up. And that's that's creepy. Because there's family secrets where the family's like all together and they're like thick or thin, we'll never say where the gold is buried. And then there's the thick or thin, we'll, we'll never tell Stephen where the gold is buried. Like you're a member of the family. And if you're being boxed out from that, there's a family secret about you that you don't know of. That's some like VC Andrews type stuff. So a creepy, creepy story. I, it's either very funny or the family's keeping a horrific event from them. And I guess the question is, if that happened to you when you were super young, you get kidnapped and horrible stuff happens, would you want to know? Or would you not want to know? I, yeah, it would be interesting. Like, they go, no, it's so traumatizing. Like, if we started telling you about it, you're going to have all these horrible uh, nightmares and stuff like that. A true mystery to us, a curious tale. But to this person, it's the most important conspiracy they may ever have to unravel. Very, very interesting story. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Roseville, California. We are headed all the way out to... Hollywood. Yesterday we did an episode about whether or not the show The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is cursed. By simply watching the show or knowing someone watching the show, could you go insane? Interesting. I liked, I really like that episode. But what if television couldn't be used to just spread a spell what if it could be used to actually overcome the evil that infests this world well that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about someone who actually believes they have discovered the key to destroying the reptilian control of this planet the reason why we're at Hollywood is we're about to watch a taping of the Jimmy Kimmel show. And the audience is like, yeah, woo, Jimmy Kimmel. Yay. And some guy's like, oh, I thought this was the Jimmy Fallon show. Half the audience gets up and leaves. So there's a lot of space for us to spread out, right? We're sitting here. And a couple of us are still clapping. And Jimmy Kimmel comes out on stage and he's like, hey, everyone, welcome back to the Jimmy Kimmel show or whatever it's called. I don't know if it's like late night with Jimmy or, or whatever. He's doing all that stuff. And in the back of the theater, we see a man. He's kind of like, has a hat on and a trench coat. And we're like, that looks super suspicious. He's kind of like, his eyes are shifty. And that man, I guess I'm giving him like super ill intent. I'm not saying that he's going to show up at the Jimmy Kimmel show and do anything crazy. But that man is actually trying to expose the reptilian agenda. So there's a series of posts online about... There's a lost episode of Good Morning America. This was the episode that aired on April 22nd, 2017. And this was written by a user known as JB Stout 7. And he was watching Good Morning America on April 22nd, 2017. And so I'm going to let his words paint this picture for us. He's watching it with his mom. Both of them were watching Good Morning America. Quote, I remember watching the episodes that day. It was very very odd and i did see the weird beans 
<laughs> That's me mispronouncing the word like human beans. You didn't see a bunch of pinto beans walking in the background. And I did see the weird beans walking around in the background. <laughs> the clips of lizards. Them talking about trying to figure out what was going on. This, I remember Harry Styles performing. Would you really remember who the musical guest was if you were watching television and some reptilians? Real life reptilians are walking in the background of Good Morning America and they're like, what's going on? I don't know. The holographic matrix must be offline again, you numbskull. And then it's like, and then he's like, oh, that's that's fascinating. Alien life is real. But I wonder who the musical guest is. Apparently, Harry Styles performed that day on Good Morning America. And then, so you have, you have Harry Styles, you have Lizard Men, and then he also goes on to say you see at some point a bald man in a silver jumpsuit walk around in the background. So I'm assuming that's either a literal man who's bald, who's wearing like a silver jumpsuit, or supposed to maybe be a, an alien, a space alien with a bald head and a silver jumpsuit. I don't know. But anyway, so... That happened on April 22nd, 2017. Now, according to J.B. Stout, that video is the only one, the only episode of Good Morning America that is not available on Discovery+. Plus. Now, I was not able to fact check that. It would have cost me, it would have cost me $7.99 a month to fact check that. And I, was, I thought about doing the free weekly trial. If you use the uh, subscriber code DeadRabbitRadio, you get 20% off. But I thought, even if I do sign up for this free trial for $4.99, and you cancel within seven days and you get your money back, I might find that that episode's not there, but I'd have to go and see if, if, if these episodes, if there are other episodes missing, right? If it literally is the only episode that's not streaming on Discovery+, Plus, that would be shocking. I'm, sh I'm sure there are other episodes missing, and this is why. You go, Jason, how can you be so sure? You gotta fact check this guy. He does make another statement. He says that... Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen DeGeneres were the most searched Google terms on April 22nd, 2017. And it was because people knew something was up. So they all Googled Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel. And they were trying to figure out what they saw. I could fact check that. I looked into Google trend history. Those were not, it was some like, football teams. And when I say football, I mean soccer. I don't even know why I don't, I don't even know why I misspoke. That was like the number one trending topic in the US. There's some other stuff. Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen DeGeneres were not in that top 10. They definitely weren't number 1. But you're like, "Jason, wait a second. Wait a second. So, let me get this straight. Good Morning America airs an episode about reptilians and bald people featuring Harry Styles." What does any of that have to do with Ellen DeGeneres or Jimmy Kimmel? Why are we in Hollywood? Why are you forcing me to watch the Jimmy Kimmel show? Okay, so here's the timeline. This is how it all ties together. I'm not saying that it's logical. I'm not saying that it makes any sense or that it's true. But April 21st, 2017, Jimmy Kimmel's son was born. His son was born with a little congenital heart defect. But he's okay. Totally fine. But did have to undergo surgeries. J.B. Stout believes that was some sort of cover-up. That his baby was totally fine. What really happened was the baby was born totally fine. A telepath showed up on the set of the Jimmy Kimmel show. 
and started to affect Jimmy Kimmel and started to mess with the Ellen DeGeneres show. And so people who are watching their shows being like, oh, I can feel the, the words in my head. They're coming right at me. And the telepath was affecting. This is all happening on April 22nd. The telepath was also affecting Good Morning America. And that's why the reptilians were visible to us. So there's no physical evidence if you watch the Jimmy Kimmel show on April 22nd, 2017, or the Ellen DeGeneres show on April 22nd, 2017. But if you watch the Good Morning America segment that day, you will see the reptilians. This telepath is starting to pierce through the aliens' communication, and he believes that reptilians control the media. So this telepath, is the telepath flexing? Is the telepath showing the reptilians what he's capable of? Is the telepath actually trying to disrupt these segments? Is the telepath Jimmy Kimmel's son? I mean, I, can, I don't know. It doesn't really explain where the telepath comes from, but there's a tel or the motives of the telepath. But that is this conspiracy theory right now, the Jimmy Kimmel conspiracy theory, that there's a telepath that is maybe at war with the reptilians, maybe in league with the reptilians, we don't know. But if you can find the copy of Good Morning America for April 22nd, 2017, you may be able to prove once and for all that reptilians are slowly taking over the planet. Now, yesterday's episode, we ended it up by saying, if you look at what we know in the lore, the conspiracy theory makes sense. The conspiracy theory was... The television show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel, is cursing its viewers. Now, if you break it down to its components, that is believable in the paranormal world. This is a conspiracy theory. I think this is a great companion piece to that. Because you can break it down its components, and it's the same thing. Reptilians, people controlling the media, telepathy, mind control. Governments censoring stuff, having to disappear, lost media. All this stuff, it's components. The Hollywood conspiracies, it's components we can break down. It's part of the lore. But this conspiracy theory is different. This user, their previous posts show someone in need. They, are, they have several posts online about being plagued by intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that aren't their own. Thoughts one would assign to a telepath, maybe. They say they get lost in intrusive thoughts, disturbing sexual imagery, violent imagery popping in their head. They complain of racist thoughts, clouding their judgment. In a later post, they start talking about hearing auditory hallucinations. They've gone beyond intrusive thoughts. But not only are they hearing auditory hallucinations, J.B. Stout is hearing auditory hallucinations speaking of damnation. You're wicked. You're going to hell. He closes that post out with, quote, I'm just worried that my mind is too far gone and there's nothing I can do to heal and get close to God. Unquote. So is this a story of a man who's gripped with intrusive thoughts and possibly other mental health issues and he's projecting those thoughts out into the world, reshaping what he sees to be part of a broader conspiracy theory? 
But if you take this conspiracy theory and you break it into pieces, it's still the pieces themselves make sense, but the overall narrative doesn't. And because we know this man suffers from auditory hallucinations and intrusive thoughts, this conspiracy theory feels heartbreaking. It feels like we're reading the manifesto of a man who thinks he's cracked reality, but he's most likely in desperate need of help. There's a difference to it. There's almost a darkness to it. Reptilians and telepaths and all that stuff, sure, that's feasible, but when it's crafted by a mind that's pleading for some sort of respite from the mental issues they're suffering, you can see that in the writing. You can see that in the theory itself. This is one of those conspiracy theories that it's more terrifying if it's not true. Because we can all imagine reptilians running around and telepaths fighting a secret war against them. That all kind of comes with the territory. And if it's not true, it's really the story of a man, a real-life human being, who needs guidance and help in this world. And I'd rather live in an insane world than be insane and live in the real world. Live in a world that's turned its back on me. I would make up stories too. Because in that make-believe world I've constructed, at least people listen to me. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mm-hmm.